Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Really good series. And that's the thing is like, as we start the show, which we are live now, uh, welcome to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Jake and I kind of was looking at the schedule, kind of looking at just the lay of the land where the Brewers stand after this series with the Cardinals just ended, uh, which we are going to talk about all those games. Uh, Jake and I just kind of talking about where the Brewers stand as far as uh, coming out of this series and where they're going to be um, kind of compared to where they were last year and just kind of looking at what else they have left on the schedule. Uh, yep. So Jake and I were kind of just talking about the Phillies a little bit, which is going to be some good baseball this weekend, which whatever happens, it's going to be good baseball. Yeah. I mean, they're at home. They have a five-game winning streak at home, so hopefully yep. they can continue that on the road against the Pirates and the and the Yankees. Both teams are horrible this year. Yeah. By the Yankee standards, they're horrible. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and we're going to do our best to not let recency bias really cloud anything. I mean, at the end of the day, the Brewers are still four and two in the last week. They're mm-hmm. still eight and two in their last ten. So we're going to start with the the Padres series, but first, before we do that. Jake, give me your power pair and your underrated performer for the six games against the Padres and Cubs. All right, so power pair. My power pair hitter. Let me take this one out. I feel like I'm yelling. <laughs> uh, I went with William Contreras, and I have a question to ask you when I'm done with William okay. Contreras. I thought of uh, two good questions that I think are good discussion points for us today. Um, William Contreras, uh, this is not updated with today's game. Um, I just take them from week to week, so... Tyler uh, is the extra grinder and gives you the today stats as well. Uh, but coming into today, he was 8 of 23, six runs scored, three doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs, four walks, and only two strikeouts. That's a 348 average, a 444 on base percentage, a 739 slug, and a 1.184 OPS. Now, these two things are updated. I looked them up today uh, right before we got on here. Um, he is our best against left-handed pitching. So, uh, there's a reason that, uh, Ross was making all those moves late in the game when Contreras was coming up, he's hitting 336 versus lefties this year. So absolutely raking versus lefties. And he's on a current 10 game hitting streak, which he extended in the third inning when he hit in Yelich. So the question I have before I continue this is where would you rank Contreras in terms of catchers in Major League Baseball? I've been seeing a lot of Brewers fans talk about it on all platforms. Is he top three? Is he top five? What do you think? Tim, you can answer this too. I think I would comfortably put him top five because he has made such an improvement defensively. Yeah. Like we knew he was going to be good offensively. and. I at the beginning of the season, I made a bold prediction. This was a bold prediction at the time that he would go from 48th to top 24. I didn't know he was going to go from 48th to top five in pitch framing. Yeah, right. Um, so he has exceeded any possible expectations that could have been set for him, except for maybe home runs. Mm-hmm. And at That's that, fair. he's got the rest of his batting average up. So I'm comfortable putting him top five. Um, I don't know 
if I would go as far as to say that I'm without looking, if I'd say that he's top three, uh, just because there's 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 some pretty good catchers in the in the in the major league baseball. Um, I would say comfortably top five. I would say it's possible that he's top three, but I'd want to look up some stats first. I um, first of all, I 100% agree. I I say top five without even like doing any research. Right. But if we if we looked at the numbers defensively, run save, you know, uh, pitch framing, stuff like that, and then we look at all the doubles he's got, especially in the second half of the season, yeah. uh, the clutch hits. Um, he now owns the Brewers' uh, farthest home run, which we'll get to that game. Oh man, uh, he absolutely crushed that baseball. But yeah, he is he is a tremendous, tremendous catcher, and it's really nice to have a guy that we know is good in that position. Connor said he came here to calm down after the last series. I also hate the Cubs, so that makes it worse. Yeah, it's, yeah it is what it is. Um, like we opened the show. I'm not sure if you were here right at the beginning, Connor. We opened the show saying the Brewers are still four and two over the last week. They're still or eight and two over the last ten games. They're yeah. still what three games up in the uh, in the NL Central, which has been a bigger lead than most teams have held all season. Um, mm-hmm. It's We'll we'll get to we'll get to some of the games, but um, it's it's it, still we still control our own destiny. Like exactly, is it does it hurt the way that we lost today and yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Um. But you know they they found a way to just etch across a couple more runs, which makes me think about a guy that we know where he's like run differential. Ah, you beat... suck! I was waiting. Oh man, I'm sorry, I dude. I was it thinking up. it. I was thinking it after last night. I'm sorry. I was thinking it after last night, and I was like, oh my god. He's I've been gonna thinking about put... it, and I'm like, this this series does give us an opportunity to make fun of Cubs fans for something they've been saying all season. Yeah, like, and it's the run differential thing. So we'll 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 get back to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so let me continue my my power pair here. So uh, my power pitcher, I went with Bryce Wilson, uh, strictly off of one pick. game. Really, he he was tremendous in that one game that we will get to. Um, so one game, one win, four innings pitched. Uh, two hits, one walk, 4K. That's a 0.75 whip and a zero ERA and saves a ton of arms that we could have used in the bullpen and was was pretty locked down against a pretty damn good lineup, I'll say. So, yeah, that's a Bryce great Wilson, thank you. Hey, coming from you, buddy, I appreciate that. Um, my my underrated performer, which he's not, he's not underrated. Uh, at least he shouldn't be. There was just a lot of really good, solid picks this week because the offense was humming. Uh, Mark Canna, he was also 8 of 23. Uh, three runs, one home run, four RBIs. Home run was awesome, by the way. And only four strikeouts for Mark Canna. Uh, three, that's a 348 average. Once again, a 400 on base percentage, a 478 slug, and an 878 OPS. Uh, I'm loving Mark Canna. He could play kind of all over the field, played first base last night. Um, so he could, he could play multiple positions. He hits for a high average. He's got great control of the strike zone. So I'm a big Marcana fan all of a sudden, out of nowhere. <laughs> he he gets on base. That's that's what we knew yeah. when the Brewers got him from the Mets, is that he gets on base. Yep. Because he struggled a little bit when he first came over, people let their entire opinion of him be focused not on his entire body of work, but only on the tiny bit of games that he had played with the Brewers. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't make sense to do that. No, the the small sample sizes is it just it rears its head at at the most ignorant of times. Um, 
Connor's got a good question. I'll I'll get that, to it before I. That do is that. a very good um, question. And and now Marcana all of a sudden is is hitting for a good average with the Brewers. He's playing like you said a bunch of positions and he's getting on base a whole bunch. One of his specialties, not that this is like a super thing to be like a specialist in, but he's very good at getting hit by pitches. Yeah, it, he is. The, the Brewers today, he got hit by a pitch and it forced in a run. Like, just got to collectively kind of just be patient once in a while, especially in baseball. I've said it a hundred times this season. Baseball is the most zoomed out regular season in professional sports. Yep. It's every single thing of all the ups and downs that are going to happen are just zoomed in, zoomed in. It's so wide and vast with how many games they play. There needs to be some patience involved. Agreed. And recency bias is probably the second ugliest monster. And it's happening today. Happened yesterday. All of a sudden, everybody's back way off the bandwagon of the offense, even though they just showed nine games in a row that they can put up a bunch of runs. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Connor asked, could Wilson take over Hauser's start upcoming? Uh, That's looking at Saturday start. Currently, it's announced as to be determined. It's possible that Wilson could make that start. He hasn't made any starts all season. Where I'm putting my, I'm gonna put my money and my hopes in the same basket, and it's for Robert Gosser. Oh, you know that game's on. on that game's on national television. You know that, right? Oh man, we get another national TV. It, it is, and then Sunday's game on, on on Friday. So, and the Brewers have an open spot on their 40 man roster. So they do. Do it. Who the heck? Who the heck said that? I don't remember who who said it, who tweeted it out, but they were like, "There's an open spot on the 40 man roster. I'll let you guys assume what you want." And you knew that everybody was gonna go. You know where they were going. Everybody's wanting to say Keston. Yep, Keston. I'm like, bro, we have a hundred freaking first basemen now. Right. Where the hell are you putting Keston? So yeah. okay, since we're just kind of talking about this, I just want to ask you now uh, the other question that I was thinking of, and I was talking to my baseball guy at work today, and he he had some he had some good answers. Hi, Keith, if you're watching. Um, do we pick up anybody that the Angels just put on waivers? So you're looking at Hunter Renfro, Lucas Giolito, um, Randall Gritchick, and somebody else. Who was the other one? I don't remember the other one. I think it was but, oh, it's a relief pitcher that they traded for yeah. that's not been doing well. Yeah. Um. Probably not. See, we we really didn't come to a conclusion, but we were both thinking like the same thing. But there's also rumors of Hunter Renfro. That was the answer that we kind of both gave. And you know, I'm a big Hunter guy, but you know, he'd be power, he'd be average, you know, he's playoff experience, blah, yada, yada. But um he and plus he has a freaking cannon for an arm out there. If they really don't trust Weimer to to bat in the playoffs. That I say you go get a hunter. Yeah, then you go get a hunter Renfro. But there's all these rumors of him being such a horrible, you know, clubhouse guy. Yeah, not a great clubhouse guy. Yeah. So and then, you know, we've been playing so good, and it seems like the team's kind of the camaraderie's kind of coming together. They seem like a really tight knit group. So we're both kind of like, eh. So this is in a different vein 
whereas last year it happened by subtraction. We saw the chemistry get thrown off by the Josh Hader trade, and that kind of derailed the season. So when you're talking about an an addition that could potentially do a similar thing. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just just food for thought, I guess. Just food for thought. That's that's totally that's a totally fair question. It's just, yeah, I would say probably not. I think we've seen that all the guys that they have currently are capable. Yeah. Um. And and we're seeing guys do good things. So, uh, for my power pair position player, I went with Carlos Santana. First of all, for the dude to take a a terrible slide and sprain his ankle that looked it looked rough. Uh, to stay in that game, first of all, yeah. and then to be back playing, what, two days later, three days later? Yeah. Um, dude's dude's 37, but he's an Iron Man. I agree. Uh, Carlos Santana, 11 hits in his last nine games and is on a nine-game hitting streak. Ooh. Um. Connor said, "I'd like to see Gosser start just to think, just think that Wilson should brought up." Oh no, that's completely fair. That's, that's a that good question. It's a great question. Great I question. actually asked yeah. Vinny Rotino today. I'm like, "Who do you think is going to start on Saturday?" What he say? Uh, I I asked him, and I'm like, um, he said he's not sure, and I said, "Could it be Gosser?" And he said, "Maybe." So mm. uh, didn't get any inside information from him. But Damn the idea. I, I was all um, for some juicy shit, dude. <laughs> Did you know that Robert Gosser leads AAA in strikeouts? I do now. Gotcha back. We were pitching lab, baby. Speaking of strikeouts, <laughs> Freddie Peralta is my power pitcher this week. Um, he pitched five and a third innings this week. We're going to talk about his start soon. Freddie Peralta has 59 strikeouts in his last six games. Bro, if he, if, if he gets 10 in his next start and one of us do not pick him as power pair, we are failing our show. <laughs> Just straight up fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll keep an eye oh, on so it. Friday. So Friday. Friday he starts. Um, but, I mean, you're essentially looking at over his last six starts, basically 10 strikeouts a game. If he were to do that over 30 strike or over 30 starts in a season, you're looking at a 300 strikeout season if you yeah, were to extrapolate that. That's that's disgusting. That is Hi, Mike. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why I just sounded Australian right there, but hi, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird, but I'm here hey, for hey, it. Hey, hey, hey. I was good. Hey, I picked up myself. You just you just continue rolling <laughs> over there. <laughs> okay. And then for my underrated performer, I went with Rowdy Telez back off the injured list. Oh. Um, he had some very, very big moments in the San yes. Diego series. He drew it, um, he drove in six runs in two games against San Diego, so I went with Rowdy Telez as my underrated performer. Um, we got this guy, Mike, in the comments saying, let's go, Freddie. Uh, this is... yeah. Tim said, good eye, Mike. Um, Mike is part of an organization that we're, we're going to tease that we might be working with in the near future once we uh, hammer out some more details. Um, Justin what? said, let's hammer or let's get wins. Let's Jesus. I'm just going to start over. Let's just win on Friday. These two losses were weak sauce. Brewers need to learn how to seize the moment. We just saw them for two weeks straight seize the moment. It's um, it's unfortunate. It's I'll give you the weak sauce. That's totally fair. Um, and we will make fun of Cubs fans 
when we get to talking about those games. So the Brewers have the best record in, well, maybe not anymore, probably still second best. But second best record in baseball in one-run games, and they don't know how to seize moments? Don't agree with that. Sorry. Um. Oh, oh, Mike said. So I'm gonna oh, put this up here because oh, I want to oh. talk. He's dropping his. Mike is Mike is helping us out. Uh, we are going to do a we're gonna do a giveaway when we hit five thousand followers on Facebook. We are just over forty nine hundred, so we have less than a hundred to go, and we're gonna do a giveaway on Facebook for hitting five thousand followers. Um, Mike is gonna help us out by giving something for it and he said you may love it and love is in all caps so something jordan love related i'm guessing that's 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 where my mind went oh and man now i'm jealous of whoever 5000 is i will i want to be entering that contest <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> all right let's start with the padres series uh what stood out to you from the first game of the padres series oh man oh, some good stuff from this weekend Nothing gets past you guys. Well, <laughs> that one is right in front of us. <laughs> so, Brandon Woodruff started this game. Uh, he was fantastic at both starts, by the way. He could have been a power pitcher very easily. Absolutely. Uh, in this game, six innings, three hits, three walks, only one earned run, and 11 strikeouts. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to have some stuff about strikeouts after we get done with this series. You guys are going to want to stick around for that. It's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, Abner Uribe, he just uh, he he was fantastic in this one. One inning pitch, two hits, three strikeouts. Uh, it's later when uh, we'll get to that though. Uh, Trevor McGill, so you have two flamethrowers back to back. Um, and then I we got, got some numbers for you on the flamethrowers. I know you do. You 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 stay up to date on those those hundred mile an hour pitches, and I love it. Uh, Shafin, um, one inning pitch, two hits, two earned runs, one K. Not impressed with that. That's the only move that if I could take it back, I would – it's like eh. – To be transparent, I wasn't a fan of him before yeah. the Brewers added him. All right, yeah. But it's kind of – eh. That, that's a, he, had it, he had success in the past, so I had hoped that he would be able to replicate it. It just right. hasn't been over the last season and a half. Yeah, yeah. So um, RBIs in this one, Adamus – uh, Telez with four of them, including a really massive home run, which was his first home run since May 22nd, a game that me and you were at, by the way. Yep. Um, Contreras uh, also got an RBI. Telez, that was home run number 13 for him. And the Brewers were four for nine with runners in scoring position. Rowdy Telez was two for three. So you said he had some big moments in the San Diego series, and he absolutely did. Um, when we get done, I'm going to go over the strikeouts, but just know that the Padres struck out 17 times in this game. And the Brewers only struck out 16 times in the series. That's so I, I'll I'll give you an extra breakdown when Tyler's done with the game breakdown. That's wild. Oh, um, all right, top of the first, Tatis had a one-all double. Um, Woodruff responds by striking out Soto. Manny Machado, yeah, strikes him out looking, by the way. Uh, mm. Manny Machado drew a walk, and then Woodruff struck out Xander Bogarts. That is, that's a tough top five uh, to deal with for San Pretty Diego. Strong. Pretty like strong. they're they're underachieving, but they are all still very good baseball players. Yeah, and that is a tough top five of a batting order to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. top of the third inning, we got to see former Brewer Trent Grisham and Woodruff just going at it. Uh, just a long at bat, tied for the longest at bat in the season. 
uh, in all of baseball this year. A 16-pitch at-bat ends in a strikeout for Brandon Woodruff. It's a great at-bat by Grisham, but Woodruff gets the the win in the head-to-head. Uh, after that, a walk. Tatis gets a single, and then Brandon Woodruff gets Juan Soto to ground into a double play. Woodruff's at 59 pitches through three innings. That's really the only thing that I've seen um, with with Woodruff a little bit, and it's happened with Freddie Peralta a handful of times, is just it's, there's just one inning yep. where a guy is throwing like 22, 24, 26, 30 pitches, and that's what keeps them from going seven innings in a game. If yeah. Freddie Peralta, and then this is going to be something that can carry him into next season, if Freddie Peralta can have, like, if he can just cut those innings down where he's having those really high-pitch innings, Freddie Peralta will be an ace-level pitcher. Which yeah. I would say he already is, but I'm saying, like, Freddie Peralta will give you seven innings, 12 strikeouts, and two earned runs every outing. That's where I believe Freddie Peralta is capable of being if he just can navigate himself out of some of those 30-pitch innings. I agree with that 100%. Um, in the middle of this, shout out to CC Sabathia. He was at this game. Um, the dude looks great, honestly. Good for him. Yeah. Um, he's lost, I would say, probably easily 100 pounds since he's retired from the league. And he still loves Milwaukee. He's still checking in on the team. Um, and it's, it's good to hear him wishing good things for Milwaukee. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best trades in Brewers history, if not the best. I mean. That could I be mean, a fun segment. That could be a fun segment. Best trades for every team. I'm, I'm with you on that for doing that as a segment, but I think they might have won up it a couple times. Think so? Yes. I would. There's two that come to mind for me. Say, say them right now. Christian Yelich and William Contreras. I'll give you Yelich. I'm not giving you Contreras. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not giving we you Contreras. We got Priams in that deal, too. I know, but, dude, CeCe Sabathia, like, brought us to the playoffs after, like, a like a 26-year drought, dude. That's I know. I get the impact massive. of it, but we're looking at best trades. Yeah, I'll give you Yelly. I'll give you Yelly. I said could be. I didn't say it was. I said could be. I left it out there I'm open. Now everybody's attacking me. Sorry, Christopher and Josh. I even got a yellow shirt on today. <laughs> All right. So bottom of the third, Bryce Durang leads off with a single. Tyrone Taylor gets hit by a pitch. Christian Yellich hit hits into a fielder's choice. And William Contreras hits an opposite field single, makes the game one to nothing. Uh, Santana pops out. And then with two outs, Willie Adamas hits a single, makes the game two to nothing. Uh, William Contreras gets the third on the bat. And then Rowdy Telez catches a hanging breaking ball and hits it to the Toyota territory. Just a monstrous home run. You um, Darvish was actually at 58 pitches through three innings. So him and Woodruff pacing along there evenly. Um, top of the fourth, Manny Machado hit a leadoff solo home run, made the game 5-1. to one. Um, Yelich made a sliding catch against Bogarts and then a ground out and a looking strikeout right at the knees. Brandon Woodruff responded well to the home run. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Bryce Terang had a really good at bat. He pulled a sharp ball down the line, just snagged by the first baseman. Um, Tyrone Taylor, another sharply hit ball for a line out. Um, tough spot to be. Uh, top of the fifth, Woodruff got his seventh strikeout and then Grisham, his next time at bat, did not take 16 pitches to get him, it only took two. Uh, got on the ground out. A very similar play to the one that Tyrone Taylor, actually, or not Tyrone Taylor, Bryce Terang had in the top of the inning. 
Uh, nice play by Santana at first base. Uh, following that, a walk, batter stole second. The throw goes into center field. The runner gets the third base. Um, the third time versus Tatis, and Woodruff gets a strikeout on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, strike two in that at-bat was an 87-mile-an-hour changeup. So Brandon Woodruff, I think what's making him so effective is the 10-mile-an-hour difference in his fastball and changeup, and he's using it so effectively. And I think that's yeah. what's made him so, so, so good since coming back from the injured list. The arm angle is exactly the same too. So you're you're basically just up there watching the spin, and then it's spinning exactly the same because that's what changeups do. They spin the same as fastballs. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So Woodruff has been very very effective with it. Um, going to the top of the sixth inning, Brandon Woodruff comes back out with ninety two pitches. Ninety two pitches. He comes back out, strikes <laughs> out Juan Soto, strikes out Manny Machado. And then strikes out Xander Bogarts looking. Arguably one of the toughest three-man spots in any batting order in all of baseball. Arguably. And that got into 107 pitches. It also moved Brandon Woodruff to number two in Brewers history in double-digit strikeout games. I like it. I'm I'm fairly certain you could figure out who number one is. Uh, Giovanni Gallardo? It's not Giovanni Gallardo. Damn, was that a good guess at least? It was a good guess. I'll tell you why in a second. Ben, ben Sheets? It's not Ben Sheets. What? I was so, so confident in that. You're going to be mad when I tell you who it is. Is it Burns? It's Corbin Burns. Oh, my God. I, try, I, like, I did one of those things that all people do where I outsmarted myself. I was like, you did. Corbin Burns. Um, Brandon Woodruff to get to second past Giovanni Gallardo. So, Giovanni was a good guess, just not good enough. Uh, I'm not on my game today. That sucks. It's all right. It's all right. Um, top of the seventh, Abney Rebe came in, did give up a, a single, um, and then a strikeout, and then another single. So, the Padres had first and third with one out. Follows with a strikeout looking, and then another strikeout. Craig Council, after the game, said that he's comfortable using Abney Rebe in more high-level sit high leverage situations going forward. Uh, we may have to consider making Abner Uribe a partner in the law firm of Figueroa, Pineapps, and Williams. Uh, a late addition, the college kid, huh? The college kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, bottom of the seventh, Carlos Santana hit a two-out single. Willie Adamas hit a single into the gap. Santana gets the third. Uh, the throw goes out of play, so Santana gets the score. Makes the game 6-1. to one. Uh, Willie Adamas goes to second base on the throw out of play. Willie Adamas, or not Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez ropes a hot single to right field, 107 miles an hour off the bat. So, we were hitting some <laughs> baseballs hard this, this last. He really has, uh, it's, which is good to see, especially him coming off the injured list and then just coming back and starting to hit balls hard right away. Right. Uh, that made the game 7-1. to one. Bottom of the eighth, Trevor McGill comes in. Uh, Weimer goes to play center field. Uh, gets Tatis to strike out on three pitches, gets Juan Soto to ground out, and gets Manny Machado to strike out looking. So Trevor McGill navigating that same three batters. Um, good credit to him. That was great work from him. Uh, and then you mentioned Chafin, bottom of the ninth, or sorry, top of the ninth. It's a strikeout, a walk, and a home run, makes the game 7-3, to three, and then the pair of fielders choice to end the game. Um, not that there's no harm done. Uh, just hurts his ERA, but the brewery still got the win. 
for me, looking at some of the takeaways from this, one is a quote by Roddy Telez saying, this is a good team, and I don't think that people really understand that. I remember we were together. Uh, you showed you showed me that, and people people really don't understand how good this Brewers team could be. I don't think, to be completely honest with you, I don't think they understand how good they could be yet. I don't think they've hit on all cylinders yet. We haven't really had Rowdy and Adamas hit hit together really i mean this last week they were just kind of getting started when rowdy just came off the injured list i understand that but you know for long periods of time plus yelich has been kind of in a slump so if yelich can get hot with you know Contreras being hot santana being hot i i don't think that this team's hit on all cylinders yet and there's still three games up in this division let me throw let me throw joey weimer in there like he's a guy that we've seen can hit for power so i mean i agree with you that they haven't hit on all cylinders at at the exact right time but if the pitching and defense, which we know is stellar, hits mm-hmm. at the same time as even just half of the lineup hitting on right. all cylinders, right. we've seen over the last two weeks what this team is capable of. I mean, they just went on a nine-game winning streak. So to exactly. say that they're not one of the best teams in baseball, you're just lying to yourself. I'm sorry. And that's the thing is like they're not in they're not in first place by accident. Exactly. <laughs> it, it can happen at the beginning of the season when when there's a small sample size. Pirates. Pirates, exactly. They started, what, 20 and 9? Yeah, they were going nuts. I was like, what the hell is going on right here? You're supposed to suck this year. <laughs> and, and, and look. And now they're in fourth place. So as the sample size grows, the what they say is the cream rises to the top is, is the phrase. But the Brewers aren't in first place by accident. Not, not this close to the end of the season. Not six months into the season. Man, it's about to be September, man. It's I know. Craig September. Temper. Let's go, baby. Um, next thing, Brandon Woodruff's pitch count stood out to me. The fastball changeup combo looked amazing. Got to 107 pitches. That's great. Um, you did mention Rowdy Telez, his first home run since May 22nd. 128 at bats between home runs. God damn. Yeah, that's that's a long time, but hopefully like, that's a floodgate scenario. Yeah, no offense, Rowdy, but god damn, bro. I mean, he was on the injured list. I know, I know, but the at bats is is the long thing. The time yeah. you can you can put out the injured list part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did tell you, Abner Uribe and Trevor McGill, five strikeouts combined between them, 16 100 plus mile an hour pitches. Damn, you ready for this this strikeout count? Sure, give it to me. All right, so. They had two players that struck out three times, Bogarts and Sanchez. By the way, the Brewers struck out three times as a team. So there you have that. They had three players strike out twice, Tatis, Soto, and Machado. That's $43 million for six strikeouts in a game. And then Hasha Kim struck out one time. He had that all up, that's 17. It's a lot of money to strike out 17 times. Yeah. Freaking yikes, dude. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> um, this game made the streak six games, tied the season long. Um, you already mentioned the 17 strikeouts. And then Mark Canna, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, and Carlos Santana, all two for four. So as we get into – yeah, the stats, the, stat, the mind-blowing stats. As we get into <laughs> the, the second game of this Padres series, I want to bring something up. Between May 15th and August 6th, the Brewers had 73 games played, and they had three total 
five run innings. Oh. From August 6th to now, they have five five run innings. Oh my God. So they literally have more five run innings in the last three weeks than they had the previous three months. Yeah, that's that's a crazy stat right there. You kept hyping that one up. <laughs> I told you. Kept you. hyping that one up. I love that one. That's great. Good shit. Man. All right. Okay. Let's go to game two. What stood out to you from game two? <sighs> game two. Game two was fun, in my opinion. Um, game, game two might have been uh, – no, the third game was definitely the most fun. I lied. But this one was great as well. So, Freddie Peralta on the mound. I'm so happy I'm over that Willie Peralta stuff. Thank you. Thank Atta you. Boy. Took a lot of practice. A lot of, a lot of saying Willie Peralta. <laughs> and a lot of ridiculing from you, <laughs> which was fair. Uh, but, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Freddie, <laughs> five and a third, two hits, three walks, two earned runs, and nine Ks. I mean, d- does he have uh, – does he not strike out nine people every time he starts, or what's going on here? I mean, he's got two—he's got two thirteen strikeout games in the last six outings. That's this guy is just crazy right now. Um, having having the three horses back on top of this pitching is just unfair, honestly. Like people talk about, you know, batting lineups. Like we have the best top three pitch starting pitcher. Oh yeah, I don't even think that that's debatable. That's really right? not. It, when Freddie Peralta is your third best pitcher, like third best starting pitcher, that's you're that's getting that's clown showish in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paguero did a tremendous job in this game. Uh, he pitched an inning and two thirds, uh, one hit, one walk, and one K, zero earned runs. So pat on the back for you, Elvis Paguero. You all piamps gave up two earned runs. He gave. Um, and one inning and two hits, no Ks, but it's gonna happen. I mean, the guy, the guy is human. The run he gave up today, by the way, if anybody gives Piamp shit for that, you need to watch the game because just looking at the stats does not tell the story. Anyways, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, and an error, which Adamus makes in his sleep, by the way. So whatever. Um, you know, Devin Williams came in, locked stuff down, one inning pitch, two Ks, no hits, no walks, and he just did Devin Williams things. And this one, Santana, Monasterio, and Contreras got the RBIs. Contreras and Santana both had doubles, 30 doubles now for, for Willie Contreras. And they were three for eight in this one with runners in scoring position. So running in scoring position, hitting has been tremendous for a long time now. I like it. So top of the second inning, Xander Bogarts led off with a solo shot, made the game one to nothing for the Padres. Freddie Peralta settled right down, went one, two, three after that. Uh, top of the third inning, Freddie Peralta went one, two, three again with two strikeouts. Um, top of the fourth inning, another one, two, three, only seven pitches, and Freddie Peralta had six strikeouts through the first four innings. Top of the fifth, a two-out single is all that the Padres had. Um, that was two more strikeouts for Freddie Peralta. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Mark Canna starts it off with a leadoff single. Um, Bryce Terang follows with a bunt single. And now this is something um, something that's been brought up a lot is bunting. And Jake and I talk about it a lot, that as a strategy for moving runners over, it's not a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this scenario, for people to be like, oh, you guys like bunting now that he got a hit, 
it's less about the fact that he bunted and more about the fact of taking advantage of defensive positioning. So as a, in my as a mind, strategy, I, yes, as just giving them an out, no, exactly. In my mind, I view a bunt for a single when you are seeing, you know, a third baseman who is playing a left-handed batter almost where the shortstop normally stands, and you can just put the ball right there and know that Bryce Terang, like nobody's getting to that ball and throwing him out. And knowing that, to me, is comparable of seeing, say, say a huge gap in the right center. Let's say the center fielder is shading you towards left and the right fielder is playing straight up and there's a huge gap in right center. And mm-hmm. aiming for that gap, you're just aiming to put the ball where the defense isn't. Yeah. That's I that's agree. how I view that scenario where Bryce Durang bunts for a hit. So the Brewers have first and second. Nobody out. Uh, Andre, Andre Monasterio on the first pitch makes it three straight singles. Mark Canna scores, ties the game at one. Uh, Tyrone Taylor hits a fielder's choice. The Padres go for the lead runner. Uh, so the Brewers back to first and second with one out for the top of the order. Um, they run a double steal. Throw goes into left field. Andre Monasterio scores. Tyrone Taylor um, gets the third base. Or sorry, second base. Um, Christian Yelich draws a four-pitch walk. And then William Contreras hits a triple down the left field line. Don't see that very often, no. especially for a right-handed batter hitting a triple down the left field line. And a catcher on that. He, exactly, a catcher at that. They're like yeah. William Contreras was moving. <laughs> so good. No uh, Tyrone Taylor and Christian Yelich scored on that play, making it four to one. Uh, pitching change, and then Carlos Santana rips a double down the right field line, makes the game five to one. Um, and that was it for the Brewers in the bottom of the fifth. Top of the sixth, a leadoff walk. Strikeout by Tatis. Elvis Pagaro comes in for Freddy Peralta. Gives up a single to Manny Machado. Makes the game 5-2. to two, And then gets a double play to end the inning. I don't know if there's anybody on the Brewers who has gotten more like perfect timing double plays than Elvis Pagaro. Like there's, I'm, I'm positive that there's guys that have more double plays on the season. And probably even in the bullpen. But... For getting them at the most perfect time, I don't know that there has been somebody who's like gotten more clutch double plays than Elvis. Yeah, you, you know what is crazy about that is I have that in my notes because I was watching. I was at my dad's house on Saturday or Sunday, and my dad said the, almost the exact same thing. He was like, "He always gets a double play when he needs one," because he does. You're like, "Oh, god damn it, Elvis! You need a double play now." Oh, okay, there's a double play. There you I go, mean, here the, you go. the middle infield is freaking tremendous, dude. They oh. both could be up for Gold Gloves this year. Yeah, definitely should be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, top of the seventh, you mentioned Elvis Guerrero did pitch more than one inning. Uh, he came back out, gave up a leadoff walk to Tatis, uh, got a grounder. Willie Thomas just dropped the throw. It's a rare scenario. Um, Christian Yelich followed it up with a great catch at the wall. Tatis did get to third on the catch, but then Elvis Guerrero got a strikeout of Grisham and a ground out to end a scoreless seventh inning. So dealing with some pressure, uh, Elvis Guerrero did not fold. Top of the eighth, you mentioned Yoel Pyams pitching in this game. Gives up a, a single to Tatis, or single to Tatis, um, and then a Soto home run made the game five to four. We talked about this a little bit on Friday that um, you were kind of feeling like Pyams has been bitten by the home run bug a little bit, and I just didn't really feel that that's the case. Um, he hasn't really given up runs. He's really just had the two outings in August. And he's only given up what three. 
three appearances that he's given up runs in the last like month and a half? I think it's uh, 27 of his last 30. He hasn't mm. given up a run. So there's 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 three. Hasn't, he hasn't he... given up a run. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah I got you. Good teamwork on that one. Yeah. Um, followed it up with a ground out, a pop out, another ground out. And then top of the ninth, you mentioned Devin Williams. A ground up, a strikeout and a change up that hit the plate, and then another strikeout. It's nasty that Devin Williams' change up is so good that he can hit a ball that bounces on the plate and still get a strikeout. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> um, took Devin Williams just 14 pitches to get through the ninth. A no sweat, no stress ninth inning. Just Devin Williams comes in, cleans it, slams yep. the door. Yep. Um, this game moved the Brewers' winning streak to seven, the longest streak of the season. The Brewers had scored at least five runs in all seven of the games. Um, eight of the nine starters were on base at least one time. Oh. And that. Freddie Peralta in his last five games, 30 innings pitched, 17 hits, 10 walks, seven earned runs, 46 strikeouts, and five Ws. If you average yeah. that out, that's six innings pitched, 3.4 hits, two walks, 1.4 earned runs, and 9.2 strikeouts. Oh, my God. That's nasty. Yeah. That is absolutely just dominance. It's almost uncalled for. That's disrespectful. That's <laughs> our third best pitcher, bro. I know, dude. That's that's so stupid. Um, Things that stood out to me from this game, South Relic back in the starting lineup after dealing with some hamstring tightness. Good that that's not a, a lingering thing for him. Uh, yep. Another five spot. The Brewers fourth in their last 16 games. Ellis Maguero we talked about already. Uh, this put the Brewers at 27 and 11 in one-run games. Um, Brewers now 5-1 and one versus San Diego in 2023. And William Contreras' hit streak to six. Hey, you got to leave the one run to me, and you got to leave the Padres thing to me, because I was going to bring up a thing about the Mets, you son of a bee. Okay, well, you got time because there's one more Padres game to talk about. Okay, fine. I'll do it this one. Okay, fine. (laughs) So Adrian Hauser uh, obviously left this game with an injury, um, which he got put on the 15-day DL, or IL, sorry. IL. Um, Two innings pitch, four hits, uh, one walk, four earned runs, and two Ks. You can just tell almost immediately that he just didn't have his ace stuff. Um, when he's right, he's he's you know painting Pretty the good. corners with the sinker. Yeah, he's and he's our fifth starter, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just uh, say this while we're on the subject of Adrian Hauser: every single team in Major League Baseball would take Adrian Hauser as their fifth best starter. Oh, absolutely! 100%. Every single one of them. Absolutely. Um, Bryce Wilson. This was the game where he came in for an injured Adrian Hauser, and he was just absolutely stellar. stellar. Um, and that was a great question because I was going to bring up how he started for the Pirates last year, so he's a guy that can come in, eat some innings, and he knows how to get people out, right? He's been around the game for a little while now. Um, four oh, innings pitched, two hits, one walk, zero earned runs, and four Ks. So, I mean, just absolutely, that's that's stuff that goes unnoticed during a win streak, but you know, not by us. <laughs> yeah, not by it. us. Absolutely. That, that's that's absolutely big time baseball right there. That's what winning teams do. They have guys that can step up like that. Like a Bryce Wilson, that's not one of the first things that you think of when you think of the Brewers, right? But yeah. in this game, it needs to be the first thing that you think of. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's a great call. So, I'm glad you so put after, him in your power pair. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is the one where I was uh, foreshadowing to where Abner Uribe just – he was struggling with the command a little bit, and it's it's going to happen. Kids young. Um, yes. Yeah, he's uh, he's still a baby, baby in the major league baseball yeah. terms. So. He's a he's a baby as far as rookies are concerned. He had what eighty innings pitched in minor leagues. Yeah, right. So he he's like a double baby, <laughs> <laughs> but he's gonna be really good when he grows up to be an adult. So um, he's got that going for him. He just struggled in this one. It's gonna happen. It's fine. Um, Hobie Milner had his back, comes in, locks it down, doing what Hobie Milner does, right. The, the legend, Hobie Miller. I love Hobie Miller. He's so awesome. Mr. Um, performer himself. He's he's the best. Uh, and Trevor McGill. My God. This guy came in this game fucking pissed, dude. Like, straight up. Like, <laughs> he looked pissed the whole time. Um, and that's just got to be an intimidating thing, seeing a, a gigantic man like him throw 100 and then scream in your face, like, sound! Like, oh, my God. Yes, sir. But... Two innings pitch. Don't eat me. <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> I was watching him scream, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'd be. I'm just gonna sit down. I'm not even gonna yeah. say anything back." <laughs> do what you say. <laughs> so, yeah, the hit parade was going in this one. Yeah, Santana, Canna, Telez, Contreras, and Frelick, all with RBIs. Santana, Canna, Contreras, and Frelick, all with two out RBIs. So the two-out hit parade was going nuts in this one. Five of 14 with runners in scoring position. Santana, Telez, Contreras, and Frelick all had doubles. So they're not just hitting the ball. They're hitting the ball hard. And for the series, if you've been following along, runners in scoring position, we were 12 of 31. That is a 387 average. The the money spent over there with the Padres, they went one for, 20, one for 23. So you can just throw money at it. And apparently it's just going to fix everything. But then you end up going one and six for some Milwaukee Brewers. And at this point, I don't know if I'm talking to the New York Mets or the San Diego Padres. So I'm just going to throw this out there. And I forgot to bring it up with game two. Uh, I mentioned the Brewers record in one run games. I did not mention the Padres record in one run games. Mm-hmm. Game two of this series made the Padres six and 20 in one run games. So they don't get clutch hits or they don't get clutch hitting. They spent all this money. They made a monster trade last year with us. We were directly involved with that. And people were freaking out thinking, Oh, the Padres are going to win this. Padres are going to do this. They're going to do this. Oh, they're going to, they're going to take over the West. I don't know about that. Psych. Yeah. So, I'm just looking at the schedule on the on the subject of maybe Bryce Wilson making a start. Mm-hmm. With it being the second game of six days, I don't know because you're looking at it. If you're you're not going to want Bryce Wilson to face the the opposing batting order more than twice. Yeah. Like I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at maybe burning some relievers in your second game of of six days. I, I would rather bring up a guy to make a start, even if it's not Robert Gosser, even if it's the guy that they got from the Brewers in the Alex Jackson trade, and you just are from the Rays in the Alex Jackson trade, and you just bring him up for one spot start, and then you DFA, DFA him and try to bring him back to AAA right after that. Just, just have him burn four innings. I mean, 
five innings. He's gonna save the bullpen. You're looking at you're looking innings. at 18 batters. So if he were to be perfect, you're looking at six innings. If you're looking at say three to five hits, you're looking at four and a third, four and two thirds. Yeah. And then you're looking at not having your middle reliever for the rest of the Phillies series or for any of the Pirates games. Yeah, that's I would definitely I would definitely have somebody start. Not him. Not Bryce Wilson. <laughs> Glad I got you on board with me on that. Yeah, I'm hundred percent on board with that. Um, you continue. I gotta plug in my charger real quick, otherwise okay. you're gonna be solo. So keep going. <laughs> All right, I'll just be solo for a minute instead of the rest of the show. All right. So a leadoff walk for the Padres, followed by a strikeout of Tatis, a Soto single, got the Padres first and third with 1-0. Uh, Adrian Hauser got the ground ball. It just went under Bryce Durang's glove. Um, and then another ground out, or another grounder. Um, Manny Machado barely beat out the double play, made the game 1-0, and then a strikeout to end the first inning. Pretty solid recovery despite the the early traffic on the bases and then looking at who you're batting or pitching against. So inning could have been a lot worse for Adrian Hauser. All things considered, I think he did a good job to get out of that with only one run. Bottom of the first, Christian Yelich had a deep fly out, and then William Contreras followed with a 450-foot bomb. Like, William Contreras almost put a ball literally out of American Family Field. Hit it to, like, the third deck in, in deep left center. So just a massive, massive home run by William Contreras. And he knew it, too. He hit it. He stood and watched it. Mm -hmm. uh, Santana follows the first pitch double down the right field line. Got the third base on a South Freela ground out. And then a Willie Adamas with a good at-bat, falling off a lot of two-strike pitches. Uh, gets a swinging bunt single. The throw to third gets Santana back. Uh, the roll of his ankle was gross. Uh, but credit to him staying in the game, being a tough dude. Canna uh, followed with another good at bat, um, following a bunch of pitches off. Brewers got 23 total pitches in the first inning. Um, top of the second, a pair of home runs, a two-run home run, and a solo shot made it to four to one. And Hauser was done after the two innings. He left with minor right forearm tightness. Mm. Um, minor enough that he's on the 15-day injured list. He's going to miss a pair of starts. Mm -hmm. It is is what it is. Um, Bryce Wilson came in, top of the third, like Jake said, had a leadoff walk for um, Juan Soto. Couldn't think of his first name for a second. Struck out Manny Machado looking, gives up a single to Xander Bogarts, and then follows with a double play. So good job by Bryce Wilson getting a timely double play to end the threat there. Bottom mm -hmm. of the third, Christian Yelich led off of the walk. William Contreras followed with the walk. Carlos Santana followed with a walk. Bruce had bases loaded with nobody out. Sal Freelich drew a walk. Um, and then Sal Freelich was called for an illegal slide. Now, I saw a lot of people wondering why the runners had to go back. That is one of the rules that happens with the illegal slide. So both runners are automatically out, and mm -hmm. any other runners on base have to go back from the bases they advanced from. Um, that is, it might seem super harsh on a situation like that, but when when you're talking about guys being hurt, like literally broken legs, uh, like Chase Utley had, um, they will discourage the absolute hell out of that to make sure that those illegal slides aren't part of the game. 
It's, and a, good, it's a good rule by baseball, honestly. I like it's, it. And it's a good rule and it's because it, you want those plays out of the game. And I don't think I don't think at all for a second that Sal Freelich was doing anything intentionally to try to hurt anybody or anything. No, no. I think he was just trying to break up a double play. He just started his slide too late, and he slid past the bang. That's that's where that illegal slide comes. Mm-hmm. So for a rookie who's played, what I'm thinking, like 30, I want to say he's around 30 games in to his entire rookie career. He's somewhere around there. I think he's played 30 games. Yep. Um, it's a learning moment for him. Um, nothing that anybody should be super pissed at Sal Freelich about. So it's going to be a learning moment and it didn't end up affecting the outcome. True. So no runs in the bottom of the third, top of the fourth, uh, Bryce Wilson gets a pop out, a strikeout looking, and then a liner absolutely snagged by Carlos Santana, who had just hurt his ankle the previous inning Yep. from a right-handed batter. So when you're standing at first base, you're not expecting a right-handed batter to hit a screaming liner at you, the first baseman. Yeah, that's true. So, Good reaction, good jump, ankle looked okay. Good for him, got a couple days off after this and then came back and played pretty well. Uh, top of the fifth, Andrew Stereo, a bare hand play on the leadoff hitter. I mean, outside of the Washington game when he had that one error that essentially cost the Brewers that game, Andrew Monasterio has been amazing at third base. Yeah, he's been – showed a good glove. Amazing to the point that we had – a guy, Brian Anderson, who could be a gold glove candidate riding the bench because we don't need to use him because Andre Monasterio is playing such good defense. That's impressive that's, stuff. That's how good Andre Monasterio's defense has been. He's a rookie. And a rookie, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. And a rookie that wasn't even on our radar to begin this season. Yeah. Like, so, like South Freelick, Joey Weimer, those guys were on the radar. Bryce Terang mm-hmm. was on the radar. Andrew Monasterio was not on the radar. Let me just take this moment because, you know, uh, the Badgers start this weekend. I don't mean to you know, stop your, your game recap here, but I've been waiting to say this. But the Badgers start this Saturday. The Packers start next week. We got a couple Packer episodes for you guys, one on Friday, so come check that one out. Um, We have a very young team, a lot of rookies, just like this Brewers team. A lot of guys that people aren't going to have on their radar, like Andrew Monasterio. The Packers might surprise some people. I'm just saying that. They're young, and people keep talking about that Browns team, that 0-16 team, because we're the youngest team since the Browns. This team has talent. It's not like the Browns in 2017. So just keep that in mind when you're watching the Green Bay Packers this year. Don't be shocked if they're in first place the first weekend of November or anything weird like that. I'm just saying. Uh, Michael said he was at the game on Sunday. His takeaways were the batters were patient. They walked nine times, he believes. Uh, Bryce Wilson was huge, absolutely. I will not I will not take the chance to say that as many times as we can talking about this game. Um, Manny Machado's blow-up, destroying the cooler, and Hobie Milner shutting the door were his takeaways. Those are all great. All right. Um, looking at it, um, Andre Monasterio's barehanded play. Uh, and then following that, Bryce Wilson got Tatis to strike out and Soto to strike out looking for a one, two, three, fourth. Um, sorry, top of the fifth. That was top of the fifth. Bottom of the fifth, um, Carlos Santana reached on an error with two outs. That was the only thing that happened in that inning. Top of the sixth, a leadoff double, got to third base on a flyout. South Freelick showing off the arm a little bit, just a little bit off target. That runner didn't score. There was no damage in the top of the sixth. Bottom of the sixth. Mark Canna hits a one-out single, 
Bryce Terang, good eye on his at-bat drew a walk uh, with 97 pitches, one out, runners of first and second. Michael Walk got taken out, and he was pissed. Yeah. And I'm sure after the game, he went to his manager and was like, see? And use that as a as an example of why he shouldn't have been taken out because following the pitching change, Andre Monasterio drew a walk that loaded the bases, still with one out. And then Roddy Telez coming in to pinch hit for Tyrone Taylor, rips a double off the wall, um, ties the game at four. Brewers still at second and third with one out. Christian Yelich is intentionally walked. When when are teams going to stop intentionally walking Christian Yelich to get to William Contreras? I have not seen it work one time. I don't know. It's so stupid, but I like it because it works in my favor. And it and it does, and it just elevates Christian Yelich's on base percentage, and it puts a super fast base runner on base. So yeah. So um, William Contreras <laughs> did fly out to shallow right field, so it did work this time. I set up the premise just because it did actually work for once that a team did it. I don't know, man. The numbers are still favoring us, I think. I strongly agree. Um, But Carlos Santana drew a walk following that. Forced in a run, made the game 5-4. to And then Sal Freelich gets a double down the the left field line that makes the game 7-4. to So you intentionally walked Yelich to get to Contreras. Actually got Contreras out. And then Rowdy Telez draws a walk, and rookie Sal Freelich slaps a double on the left field line on the first pitch. Yep, and the radio call was fantastic on that hit, by the way. Funny what a roller out. coaster to be on if you're San Diego. Yeah. Uh, you're like, well, all right, we're going to walk Yelich on purpose so we don't have to deal with him. We just got to get Contreras out. Okay, we got Contreras out. We just got to deal with this Rowdy Telez guy, and then, and then it's a rookie on deck, even if he gets up to the plate. All right, Rowdy Telez drew a walk. That sucks. All right, we're still only down by one run. We just got to get this rookie out. And then first pitch, this rookie just slaps a double on the left field line, and I just got to imagine, like, as a Padres fan, you're just like, fuck! Like, that's that's what I picture. Bro, that's been their entire season. Let's be honest. Touche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> William Donis following that drew a walk, loaded the bases for Mark Canna. He drops one into left field. Two more runs score. Makes the game 9-4. to four. Mm. Uh, and then William Thomas got to third, and then Bryce Durang struck out to end that wild sixth inning. Love Top it. of the seventh, Abner Uribe comes in, gives up a hit by pitch and two walks, loads the bases with nobody out, throws a wild pitch, makes the game nine to five. Uh, and another wild pitch on ball four makes the game nine to six. Um, just a, a tough start for Uribe. He, we knew coming into the season uh, that if he got to, which we expected him to be in AAA, if he got to the major leagues, that his command was the problem, mm-hmm. and if he could get his command down, he's going to be an amazing pitcher, which we've seen. Mm-hmm. So not out of character for Abner Uribe to have a command issue in a game. It, it is what it is. Not a big deal. Um, obviously, it didn't end up affecting the outcome of the game. So 9-6, mm-hmm. to six, still first and third with a zero out. Hobie Miller comes in, just does what Hobie Miller does, gets Juan Soto to pop out, gets Manny Machado to pop out, and gets Xander Bogarts to ground out. Oof. Round of applause for Hobie Milner. Just comes in, faces arguably, again, the the toughest three-batter stretch in Major League Baseball. Gets two pop-ups in a 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ground out with two guys on base and nobody out. Mm. Man, Hobie Milner's got some dog in him. Yeah, he does. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Andre Monasterio leads off with an opposite field single, steals second base, gets the third on a Christian Yelich ground out, and then William Contreras hits one off the top of the wall in left center. Uh, that made the game. Um, nope. Monasterio got stuck at third base. That was it for that inning. But William Contreras just missed the home run that would have made the game 11 to 6. Top of the eighth, you mentioned Trevor McGill earlier. Gave up a leadoff single, um, followed with a strikeout. A strikeout and a strikeout looking. Uh, one on a curveball, or sorry, two on the curveball, one on a fastball. Trevor McGill's fastball curveball combo is nasty when he's like locating well. Um, top of the ninth, McGill came back out, struck out Tatis, gave up a single to Soto, got Machado to fly out, and then a strikeout to end the game. Um, takeaways from this one nine walks. You were correct on that one, Michael. And then only seven Ks for the Brewers, so more walks and strikeouts is huge. Uh, another sweep for the Brewers. Um, William Contreras, his hit streak got the seventh on the longest home run by a Brewer this season. Santana's hit streak got to eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, another five-plus run inning. Uh, Bryce Wilson, very good in long relief, landed some big curveballs for strikes. That, to me, was the thing that made Bryce Wilson very effective in this game, landing his curveball for strikes. Um, the last eight games from this one to the previous eight, the Brewers were outscoring their opponents 58 to 34. And Hobie Milner, Hobie Milner has inherited 74 runners in the last two seasons. Only 17 have scored. That's 23%. That is the third best rate in all of major league baseball. Oh, wow. With the Hobie fire. I like it. So, Bobby Milner has been an absolute stud for the Brewers. I have one more thing to add because uh, in the first game, I told you the $43 million for Tatis Machado and uh, Soto. Oh. So combined, they went 9 of 34 in this series. Oh. That's a 3 for 12 for Machado, a 3 for 10 for Soto, and a 3 for 12 for Tatis. So 9 for 34, 15 Ks. Damn. And they were one for eight runners in scoring position. Oh. So they got the one hit with runners in scoring position, but they also had 15 of the 40 strikeouts. Damn. The Padres struck out 40 times. The Brewers struck out 16 times. Wow. So when you think about 
2023 Milwaukee Brewers versus the 2023 San Diego Padres. Just know that we're the Padres in this situation. You're welcome. See what you did there. I like it. You're welcome for that one. <laughs> uh, if there's anything that, that screams to stop complaining about spending, like, it's right there. Dude, I made the reference. I didn't know if we were talking about the Mets or the or the Padres. Like, dude, we're 12-2 and two versus those two teams. And those are two of the teams that were talked about the most in the offseason because, oh, they're bringing this guy in. They're bringing this guy in. Trade last year. Is those two work? teams had, like, triple the payroll of the Brewers. Yeah. So Bre- it, just, are it goes to show you that it like the money doesn't matter. If you put the right guys in the right situations, you will win games. Agreed. So with that being said, I'm just going to ask that everybody just supports the Brewers as much as possible. If they ask for us to pay a little bit extra money for renovations on the stadium, I don't care. I'll pay double. I really do but not give a shit. I need to I need to say this because it is it's very important to this discussion about you bringing up just mentioning the stadium scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the stadium is owned by the taxpayers. The Brewers do not own the stadium. The Brewers are not asking for renovations for their stadium. They're asking mm-hmm. for renovations to our stadium. Yeah. So let me just say this: either either it gets passed and we as taxpayers pay to upgrade the stadium, mm-hmm. or the Brewers leave and we as taxpayers will then renovate an empty stadium. Yeah. Because we the, the taxpayers own American Family Field and the grounds that it's on. Yeah. The brewers don't. Well, there's a deal through like 2030 or something like that, right? Through 2030, 2030? yes. And they can yeah. file for two five-year extensions. So it's potentially through 2040. So we're not in any danger of them moving anytime soon. They're not leaving. There's no way. There's no way. This team's going to be winning winning baseball games for the next couple of years, going deep into the playoffs. Even if they just make a World Series appearance, what would that do for this franchise? Absolutely. Okay, you ready to talk some Cubs games? I'm going to answer Michael's question before we do. Yeah, sadly, I'm ready to talk Cubs. But, yes, answer Michael's question. Okay, so I'm going to bring this all because there's somewhat of a decent transaction list, and it's funny because it involves the Cubs. So, originally, Andre Monasterio in 2014 signed as a free agent with the Chicago Cubs. Huh. Cubs could have had him. Interesting. Uh, in 2018, he was part of a trade for Daniel Murphy. Um, in 2018, he was then traded to the Indians, who became the Guardians, obviously. Um, part of the trade for Jan Gomes. And then in 2020, he was granted free agency. Signed a free agent deal with the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and then at the end of 2021, he was granted free agency and signed with the Brewers. So the Brewers signed him in November of 2021. Huh. And now he's playing Major League Baseball games for the Brewers. Literally out of, like, literally left field. <laughs> like, uh-huh. where did this guy come from? Yeah, just Brewers got him from the bargain bin and put him in, and he's succeeding. Wow. That, wow, that's like uh, in the NFL, an undrafted free agent just becoming like a starter or something like that. Like that's, that's literally exactly what's happened here. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Huh. Okay, so let's start with Brewers Cubs game one. This is Sunday's game. No, Monday's game. Monday's, Monday's game. game. Monday's game. Um, what's it up? Well, 
So Monday's game was a lot of fun. Wade Miley was absolutely owning Wrigley Field. Uh, six innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, zero walks, and only one K. But he's not a strikeout guy, but I'll tell you what, he'll paint some goddamn corners for you. Mm. He'll paint some corners. Um, he was he had very good command of his pitches. Uh, Piguero, one inning pitch. Piamps, one inning pitch. Milner came in, one inning pitch. They all had one K and only one hit in between those three. So that's just tremendous stuff. Uh, we got two-thirds of the law firm in this one. And then Hobie Milner, who is just like the king of the bullpen, in my opinion, because he's just a monster. I love that guy. So in this one, RBIs from Yelly, who got the party started. I'm sure you're going to talk about oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Canna, Adamas, Telez, and Contreras all had RBIs. Canna absolutely unleashed on a baseball that landed almost. I was hoping it was going to hit the scoreboard. I was like, just hit the scoreboard and break something because they don't deserve nice things in Chicago. Canna, Adamas, and Contreras all had two out RBIs. Canna with two RBIs, a two-run homer, obviously. So um, let's get into the breakdown. I'll, I'll add in when I can. But this one got us win number nine in a row. Yeah, so Christian Yelich goes yard on the third pitch of the game. Um, that was Christian Yelich's. Okay, he's got 17 home runs on the season. Am I right? 17 mm-hmm. or is it 18? Was that number 18? 17. 17. That was number 17. That's what I thought. Shouldn't have hedged. <laughs> Five of his 17 home runs are to lead off a game. Love it. I don't care when Grant, when Garrett Mitchell is healthy. Do not take Christian Yelich out of the leadoff spot. Yeah, Garrett Mitchell needs to be like the five or, or the two. You would move Contreras. I would move. I would be fine moving Contreras to two or to three. I mean, I love Contreras right right behind. Uh, but then you kind of give Mitchell that protection with Contreras. So exactly. And I'm and good. With, I'm is, good with either. Mitchell isn't. He's not as quite as disciplined as Sal Freelich, but he's still more disciplined than Joey Weimer and Tyrone Taylor at the plate. He's not as disciplined, but he definitely has more power. He does. And like you mentioned with with using William Contreras as that lineup protection, mm-hmm. having Christian Yelich and Garrett Mitchell on the bases at the same time is literally my dream for the Brewers. Just just double – just uh, literally double, huh? Double his RBIs, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every single time that William Contreras hits a double with two guys on base ahead of him, you know they're both scoring. Mitchell from first, 100%. He's so fast. Easily. Every <laughs> single time. Yeah. Like, you know, if you put Yelich and, and Garrett Mitchell on to start a game, like, you're fucked. You know, the scary thing is, like, we know how fast Yelich is. He just runs the bases so good. He's, so He's going to have to move because Mitchell is that fast. <laughs> Mitchell is that freaking fast, dude. <laughs> Yelich is going to be like, with Rang batting ninth and getting on base, too. I know, dude. Oh, my God. I love that move today, by the way. I love Monasterio as a nine-hole hitter. I like it. All right. So, Christian Yelich, third pitch of the game, hits a home run. Sal Freelich hits a one-out single. William Adamas grounder, snagged by Swanson. That was a good a good play, but a bad throw. Gives the Brewers runners on second and third. Um, William Adamas was given a single and, and then advanced on an error. So, William Adamas still has credited with a hit. Uh, Rowdy Tellez had a super deep flyout. Um, Sal Freelich scored on that one. Willie Damas got to third. And then man, um, Mark Canna hits a monster home run. 436 feet. 
He he got all of that one. He certainly did. Made the game four to zero. Uh, the Cubs did get one back on a solo shot by Ian Happ with two outs in the bottom of the first inning. Made the game four to one. Top of the second, Christian Yelich got a two out infield single. The throw goes into the dugout. So can Willie or sheesh. Christian Yelich goes to second. Then William Contreras follows with a single to extend his hit streak to eight. Uh, and Yelich scores on the play, making the error hurt, making the game five to one. Uh, bottom of the second, one, two, three inning for Wade Miley, all ground outs. Uh, top of the third, Rowdy Telez sneaks a one out single inside the right field line. Um, Mark Canna, another deep fly ball. So Mark Canna, he's just really seeing the ball well lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Hap caught it just a step shy of the Ivy. Uh, no runs, but Tylon was at 56 pitches through three innings. Mm. Bottom of third, a nice diving stop by Bryce Durang. The throw was in time, part of a 1-2-3 inning. Man, Bryce Durang flashed the leather this week. Yeah, he did. Even though he didn't get all the putouts, and <clears throat> his bat's been a little inconsistent over the last week-ish. week-ish mm-hmm. um, the thing that's not inconsistent is his defensive play. We need to have serious discussions of Bryce Durang being in the gold glove conversation. I was going to say, man, he might be in the lead. It's going to be, it's going to be between him and Ha Sung Kim. Guess I'd have to look up. Ha Sung. I haven't. Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta look it up, but there's yeah. no way that he's not in the conversation. I agree. And here's the thing. And this is okay. I'm going to, Talk about the play first. So on the top of the fourth, Tyrone Taylor hits a grounder, and Nick Madrigal at third base for the Cubs makes a really nice play on it. Um, part of the first one, two, three inning for the Brewers in this game. I have less trouble giving credit to the Cubs players when they do things well because my dislike for the Cubs isn't even necessarily because of their players. It's because of their fans. Oh, 100%. That's the same thing. It's all Chicago teams for me. That's the same thing. I hate their fans. Their fans are so obnoxious. And most of them, you know, their D tackle was talking about our fans, but I'm like, bro, do you understand what city that you play for? Like, you have literally like the dumbest group of fans in sports. Then New York, I mean, Dallas is up there. I mean, it's Chicago. Minnesota's pretty bad. Let's yeah, okay. Minnesota's up there. But Chicago, I think, has to be – Sorry, I don't Brian. think it's close. Bryant likes all Minnesota except for the Packers. So, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Not sorry. I'll say it. <laughs> he knows it, too. He knows the Wild and the Twins yeah. are kind of first a little bit. So, he at least is cognizant of it. That's true. Um, it's – like I said, it's a scenario where I don't have problems giving credit to the Cubs players, and I've done it over the last two years talking about the Cubs being a good on-base team. I have no problem giving credit where it's due for them. But it's their their fans um, their fans that make me not like them. Um, Michael said, quit teasing. Is Mitchell, a.k.a. the Igniter, going to be ready before the end of the season? I've seen him back on the bench, but I didn't think he'd be seriously ready. Second point, whether the batting coach is going to work with Joey's batting. Um, all the extra movement, just so unnecessary. Have Joey watched videos of Gwyn or Molitor? Um, just saying they've hit, and I've never seen a batter with Joey's movement of his body and hands consistently be successful in, I'm guessing, in the Major League Baseball is what he's going to say. Um, we, Jake and I actually were talking about this 
Um, I think he just needs to cut that that wrist flick out. Well, then also, you know, he he does like you said, he does it, and then he brings it back and moves his body. It's like that's you have a. Uh, they talk about it all the time how much time you have to hit a baseball. Yeah, and you're gonna do all of that to try to time it up. Like no, you yeah. need to come up with a toe tap or something with your hands, you know, but not all of this. That's that's yeah. too much for and me. It's just, it's the it's the wrist power. flick that needs to be cut out. Even if your even if your thing is to just like lift your shoulder a little bit, yeah. like that's not even that big of a deal to me. It's the it's the bat flick, like that that's he needs fair. to cut out. So and shout out to my dad. When I was younger, I wanted to be like Ricky Weeks, and I was up there, right? And my brother Curtis, who we've had on for UFC, but we played baseball together. Actually, Tyler was on the team too. Uh, mm-hmm. Eighth grade year. Shout out. Let's go. That yeah. was great. Great season. We had a lot of fun. Um, so many dumb memories from that year. But my brother Curtis was like this, right? He just stood there. So he flipped us where Curtis was the one moving the bat and I was the one just standing still. And the way he got me to do that was he made me watch Albert Pujols, one of the best hitters of all time. Albert was here. He was ready. Like he would do just a little bit, not too much. But my dad made me just hold it still. And then I just started mashing doubles. I'll never forget the one I hit in Kohler, dude, straight through the fence. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just a matter of... It's a matter of where is your focus? Like, is your focus on yeah. flicking your wrists or is it going to be on the pitch coming to you? Like, yeah. If, if you're thinking about like, okay, now I got to do this when he's here. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's too much processing going on. Yeah. Um, as for Garrett Mitchell, we still don't know the hope. The hope is there that he can come back for the end of the season. He's been doing batting practice. He's been doing baseball activities. It's just going to be a matter of if he can get some, some rehab appearances in before um, for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But he, it's not outside the realm of possibility yet. So I'm going to hold out hope until there is none. <laughs> True that. That's all we So bottom of the fourth, Cody Bellinger had a two-out single. That was the, uh, the Cubs' first hit since the solo home run. Um, Wade Miley snags a liner to end the inning. Good reflexes by an old man. Uh, bottom of the fifth inning, um, Patrick Wisdom pulled an inside pitch for a two-out solo shot to make the game five to two. Um, nothing wrong with that. It was not a bad located pitch. It was an inside pitch, a ball of anything. Patrick Wisdom just has a lot of pop. The dude's only batting like two hundred, but there's no denying he's got a shit ton of pop in his bat. He's like in like twenty years when people talk about this era of baseball. They're going to say Patrick Wisdom was a classic player from the 2020s. A lot of strikeouts, low batting average, ton of power, could hit a million home runs. Could have put him in the 1920s. <laughs> Dude, he would have destroyed with all the power he has. <laughs> uh, but yeah, low batting average, lots of strikeouts, hits home runs. Uh, speaking from what we've seen Austin Riley do with pitches outside the strike zone, it's not a, like an outside the realm of the possibility for Patrick Wisdom to do the same thing. Just doesn't hit for as high of an average. That's fair. Um, Pete Alonso, another similar situation. Like it's like an evolution, like where Pokemon have like the the beginner and then they have the medium and then they have the fully grown one. It's like <laughs> Patrick Wisdom evolves into Pete Alonso, evolves into Austin Riley. Ooh, ouch, Pete Alonso, ouch. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though. You see what I'm saying? I, I get it, but Pete Alonso is like a home run derby winner and stuff. So I don't know. 
okay, but Austin Riley's got like 30 home runs this year. That's fair. He, it, Austin Riley's a beast. That whole and he hits for beast. average and plays good defense. That's fair. Okay, That's I'm glad. Fair. I'm glad that my analogy finally caught on with you after I explained it all. <laughs> I mean, I got it, but ouch. Still. <laughs> um. So bottom of the sixth, uh, one out infield single. Miley follows by getting a fly out and a ground out, so there's no damage in there. Uh, top of the seventh, William Contreras had a one out double to the right field corner. Uh, gets the third on South Felix ground out, and then Willie Adamas, a two-out double down the left field line, makes the game 6-2. to two. Bottom of seventh, Elvis Baguero comes in, gives up a one-out walk, and follows by striking out Candelaria on six straight sliders. Yep. That was weird. Like, I'm here for it, but it was weird. That seeing was Elvis Baguero throw that many sliders in a row, considering we know what his fastball does. Yeah, he was like, bro, I'm getting you on a slider. He was bullish on it. <laughs> Be like, stop swinging. I'm gonna get you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow that up with a ground out to get a scoreless seventh inning. Uh, top of the eighth, Mark Canna hit a liner. It was a good snag by the Cubs pitcher. But sorry, I'm giving credit to a Chicago player. It is what it is. Um, a good at bat by Andrew Monasterio. He had an eight pitch at bat. Mandrigal made a nice stop and a throw was off, but the first baseman saved him by getting him out with the tag. Bottom of the eighth. Yoel Piams comes in, has a one-out single, um, follows that one-out single with a strikeout of Dansby Swanson. That was probably one of the biggest like at-bats of the game um, for, for Yoel Piams to get a strikeout in that situation. Um, uh, Willie Adamas makes a diving stop behind second base, pops up and throws out Ian Happ. That was a great defensive play by him. And then you mentioned Hobie Milner pitching the ninth inning, gets a pop-out by Cody Bellinger, a strikeout of Suzuki, and gets Ian Gomes to fly out, making the Brewers' win streak to nine games. Love it. So I brought this up, and you kind of mentioned um, Christian Yelich struggling a little bit, slumping a little bit. His batting average just hasn't been that great over the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. But Christian Yelich has been on every game, on base, every game except for four in the month of August. Pretty damn good. I mean, we. I I will still take that. We dominated the Padres series, and he didn't get a single hit. True. Yeah, like six walks, but yes. Yeah, I mean, he was still on base. He still scored runs, but absolutely, that's that's crazy. Um, I will give credit to the umpire this game. He was very good calling balls and strikes. I actually put that in my notes because an umpire was actually good with the strike zone, and I appreciated it. Hmm. Um, look up who that was. I don't know if I care that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um. With the nine-game win streak, the Brewers had scored five or more runs in all nine wins. Um, William Contreras' hit streak was to eight. And then the Brewers just hitting the ball hard. And this is going to be a trend, especially when we get to today's game. Mm-hmm. The Brewers had seven hits, or batted balls, I should say. Not all of them were hits. Seven batted balls that were 100 miles an hour plus exit velocity in the first three innings alone. Oh, wow. Our average exit velocity in the first three innings was 97.9 miles an hour. Oh, that's... Brewers were smoking the ball. So good. I saw people when we get to game two complaining, oh, why are the Brewers are just swinging for the fences? And it's like, no, the Brewers are just trying to hit the ball hard. It's yeah. just the wind is keeping the ball in the park. Which... So the Brewers didn't change anything. They just continued to try to hit the ball hard. And had the wind been blowing out instead of in, the Brewers probably would have won game two, like 12 to one. And today's yeah. game... 
positioning affected it. And yeah. you know, today's game was potentially winnable based on bounces going in a couple different directions. So let's talk about yesterday's game, last night's game, kind of the the weird scenarios. Um but let's start with last night's game. Well, obviously we scored zero runs. Everybody knows that. Right. So we were 0 for 5 runners in scoring position. So excuse me. Corbin Burns was he was very good. I wouldn't say that he was great, but he was very good. Okay. Can I just give you my point real quick on Corbin Burns because you're talking about him? Okay. Corbin Burns was better than his last start versus Minnesota. Oh, 100%. That's not even he gave up six runs and got a no decision because the Brewers offense picked him up. Today, he gave up one run and gets a loss. I literally wrote it in like squiggly letters in my notes. Baseball. It is. It's baseball. Um, Corbin Burns, seven innings, seven innings pitched, eight hits, one earned run, two walks, and seven Ks. I mean, he got himself out of some big time jams late in this game. So give him credit for that. I mean, obviously they had the the I believe it was a sack fly that they scored on. So yep. it is it is what it is. Um you're like really also... on hard mode with a lot of traffic. Yeah, right. Um, ah, I see what I did there. Yeah, he was he was pretty good, <laughs> actually. Um, Uribe, it was really nice to see him bounce back. So that was Absolutely. a positive from this game. Yep, good uh, one inning pitch, one K, uh, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks. So he had command of his pitches, which was really nice to see. They put him in another tough situation, another high pressure situation, which I love. Yep. Council kind of force feeding this kid to like figure it out. You know, um, you're not just going to get handed seven run leads or four run leads even you know all the time or two so. run leads and actually i had another question that i had written down in here do you think it's harder as a relief pitcher you know take this take this situationally to pitch with a lead or to pitch from one run behind like they were in this game and like you see how the offense is hitting and which one do you think is harder um you know what I actually would say that I think it's harder to pitch in a game that's either one, but in a lower scoring. Yeah. So the sure. lower scoring the game is, the more I lean towards the pressure being when you're pitching from one run behind to not let the lead get bigger because both teams are having trouble scoring runs versus yeah. a game that's, say, six to five, and there's a lot of scoring going on, and you're pitching from one run behind, and it's like, okay, you know, we can – you know, like I'm not feeling as much pressure. We've scored five runs already today. We can score more. Yeah. Or the flip side, like obviously pitching from one run ahead in a low scoring game is still stressful. But even then, I think I would take a little bit of solace in the fact that like, okay, like both teams are having trouble scoring. Like the Cubs haven't been able to hit anything today. You know, we can, yep. we can hold them down. Like I'm feeling confident we can hold them down because we've been holding them down versus pitching in a one run game say it's 11 to 10 and you're like shit like both of these teams have scored a lot of runs like we yeah. only up by one they've scored 10 you know like i gotta protect this one run lead because they've shown they can score a ton of runs i would say i agree with you with the low scoring and i would say definitely when you're losing because you have to have the mindset of like i just gotta pitch good so i can give my team a chance to at least tie it yeah. you know what i mean like with the lead, like, if you give up the lead and it's tied, you're kind of like, ah, shit. Well, at least we're still tied. You know what I mean? But losing and in a, a low-scoring game is definitely tough. So, Uribe, fantastic job. 
just want to point something out here because I know you're gonna go over because you do you have like all the all the the pitch speeds like the the bats off the ball. I don't actually for this one. Well, I know that Contreras hit it 105 miles per hour when Yelly got on when he bunted um, to get on in the eighth. I know that that ball came off the bat at 105 miles per hour, and the wind absolutely just killed it up there. So it's like you want them to still hit the ball hard because if you're playing the long game, which, again, Tyler, what is baseball? The most stretched out season, correct? Yep. So in the long run, you're going to want your guys to just take good at-bats and square up the ball and hit the ball hard because ball that hard. is what's going to be key later on. We're playing at American Family Field in October. And the roof is closed. If a ball comes off of William Contreras's bat at 105 miles per hour, it's going over the fucking fence. Either that or it's another double. So shocker there. <laughs> one way or the other, we're scoring at least one run. So okay, let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you this question. I already know Ooh. what your answer is going to be. But would you rather try to train your hitters to try to hit soft bloop hits for a couple games? and have that rub off on them, or would you rather try to have them hit the ball hard and deal with the conditions for a couple games? Well, you know the answer. You know the correct answer, too. This is not an opinion answer. This is a question that people should ask themselves out loud when they're saying the Brewers should stop swinging for the fences. When the Brewers are trying to hit the ball hard, just ask yourself that question. Would you rather them try to hit the ball hard all the time or try to figure out how to get soft hits when the weather is not perfect? And you know what the thing about that is? I don't think they're even trying to swing for the fences. I think they're just trying to hit the fucking they're ball. Why are we trying dude. to hit the ball hard? That is that's a baseball thing. Like and the Cubs play super deep in the outfield. Super deep. So like they obviously, you know, if we fly out over there, it is what it is. But yeah. if you hit the ball hard, because they play close to the lines as well on defense. Mm -hmm. So you have to hit the goddamn ball hard to try to get it past somebody, man. So yeah. they have very good deep. They have a good defense. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. They do. Right? Yeah, it's literally, they literally won a World Series because of their defense. I mean, up the middle. I mean, Nico Horner and uh, Swanson. That's that's a good combo. Damn good. Uh, yeah. Ian Happ obviously has a good arm. We we've seen that this year. He's a yeah. great fielder. Uh, Tauschman's pretty damn good as well. Um, so I mean, and Bellinger's pretty good in center field as well, and he also plays first base. So, yeah, they. Uh, they're pretty solid on defense. The Cubs are no slouch, man. So it's not embarrassing to lose a series to them. They're a solid team. Like, yeah, I I think I had them finishing third in the division, right around five hundred. I mean, they're still what, four games eight, over right now. Five games over. So yeah, they might they might be five. And they and are they winning the wild card still? So I mean, it's not like they're they're not slouches by any means. This is not like the they Cubs. might be in like the, they might be in the third wild card spot. I'm gonna look it up. Will you start your your breakdown here? Okay. So, um, top of the first, Christian Yelich had a leadoff walk. Craig Council, shout out to him for making a good challenge on a can of grounder that was overturned into an infield single. A wild pitch gave the Brewers second and third with one out. Um, Willie Adamas got behind in the count but followed a bunch of pitches off. He hit a strong liner just right at the second baseman. <laughs> and this is a trend that will continue. It's an unfortunate thing, but again, we'd rather hit the ball hard than try to hit the ball soft and try to perfectly place it. Yeah, uh, Michael said they're currently in the second wild card spot. They're they're two games above San Francisco, so okay. Um, Andre Monasterio getting to see a lot of pitches. He did strike out, but they had Justin Steele at twenty nine pitches already after the first inning. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Burns only needed 10 pitches to get through the first inning, but the Cubs did have a lead after a hit-by-pitch, a double, and a ground out. Um, just kind of a one of those baseball things there. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Um, top of the second, Victor Caratini had a one-out single, uh, hit it off of Justin Steele. I'm glad that he was able to stay in the game, like just as a competitor thing and just as a human thing. Um, we wouldn't want and we, we don't want to see people get hurt. No. Like at the end of the day, I don't like the Cubs, but I do not wish injuries on their players. No. Like we've said a thousand times, like somebody's dad, somebody's brother, you know, son, somebody's son, like best friend. Uncle, Funkle. The Funk he could be the Funkle of the family. Who knows, you know? That's me, by the way. I am the Funkle when it comes to my sister. Oh, I definitely uh I definitely ruined my nephew. <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> and then the other part of that, not only is like we do we not pe- want people to get hurt, but the other part of it is like you want to beat your opponents when they're at their best. True. Like you don't you don't want there to be excuses of oh you only won this game because our Cy Young caliber player got hurt in the second inning. Right. Like we don't want that. We just want to beat the team when they're at their best. Yeah. Um Bryce Durang followed up with an opposite field single. It was a really nice hit on a pitch that was on the outer half of the plate. Uh, Tyrone Taylor put a good at bat together, was down 0-2 quickly, um, worked back into a 2-2 count before grounding into a double play. It's just the Cubs, even even with their defense being good, like it's their defensive positioning that makes them great. Like they they have a knack of being in the right place at the right time, and that is credit to their positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, bottom of the second. Leadoff walk followed by two strikeouts and a ground out, so no damage there. Top of the third. This is where the exit velocity thing really gets me um, because this is a baseball thing, but top of the third, Christian Yelich smokes a hard ball for a line out. William Contreras follows with a bloop single. And it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it happens in baseball. I would still yep. prefer to have guys looking to hit the ball hard because that produces better results. Outside of like, this is the thing. You can't use a small sample size and act like it transfers to the the whole. Like a two-game sample size of guys hitting soft grounders, even a two-series sample size. Take take this series and the Dodgers series. Yeah. Where you see the Brewers are the ones hitting the ball harder, but the Brewers lose both series. They're one and five in these six games. Over the entire series of the like the span of the entire season, hitting the ball hard does still produce a good baseball team, evidenced by the Brewers' record. So using these series does not justify trying to not hit the ball hard. It just doesn't make any sense. I agree. Okay, so after William Contreras' bloop single, Mark Canna had a good at-bat, following off a bunch of pitches before serving one into center field. He was off to a two-for-two two start last night. Um, Willie Adamas struck out, and Andre Monasterio struck out um, on a pretty tough pitch. I think that was maybe a factor in him being moved down in the batting lineup today. Um, just not a not a great pitch to swing at for Andre Monasterio, but still a very good player. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the third and top of the fourth were both one-two-threes. Uh, bottom of the fourth, a one-out single by Dansby Swanson was wiped out by a double play, so good job for Burns on that. Top of the fifth, Tyrone Taylor puts one just shy of the basket, barely missed tying the game, even in the win, uh, but Hap jumping into the ivy made the catch. 
Um, William Contreras put together another good at bat, saw a lot of pitches, ended in a ground out, did get Justin Steele to 93 pitches through five innings. Uh, bottom of the fifth, a one out single, uh, hit and run, pulled Bryce Terang away from what would have been a double play. It's a really, it's, uh, it's it sucks because it's just one of those things where, and it's going to come back to hurt today, and both of them are going to go the Cubs' way. But um, a walk, load the bases with one out. Nico Horner ripped a liner right to Andrew Monasterio, snags it, runs the steps on third base, completes the double play, and then the inning. Um, so great, great work by Andrew Monasterio to complete that double play. Top of the sixth, Andrew Monasterio hits a one out opposite field single. Weimer just misses one foul. That's that's Weimer's power showing. He was, I don't know, maybe six feet foul, but just an absolutely smoked baseball by Joey Weimer. Just foul. Uh, he flew out. Um and that was that was it for the the Brewers half of the sixth inning. Bottom of the sixth, Ian Happ led off with a single. Uh, Bryce Durang made an amazing diving play to take away a hit from Cody Bellinger and turn it into a fielder's choice. That's just amazing play by Bryce Durang. Um, okay, go Glover. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're gonna, <laughs> we might have to make that that a hype train. The Bryce Durang Gold Glove hype train. Do it. Just give him a big giant glove and make it gold. Seriously, that'd be sick. <laughs> Got to figure out a way to get the train involved. I'll figure it out. I'll think of something. Uh, Burns follows out by getting Suzuki to strike out looking and strikes out Candelario on three pitches. So good job by Corbin Burns keeping that a one, two, three game. Or sorry, a one run game. Uh, top of the seventh, Brewers went one, two, three. Bottom of the seventh, Corbin Burns comes back out. Um, strikes, gets a strikeout, and then almost... An insane play by Bryce Terang on the shortstop side of second base. It, it resulted in an infield single. Um, but I mean, Bryce Terang's just fucking everywhere. To to even make that a close play is imp- impressive. Honestly. Uh, that was followed up by a pop out, or sorry, a single to left, then a pop out, and then Corbin Burns got Ian Half to strike out. So there was no damage in the inning. Uh, top of the eighth, Christian Yelich led off with a bunt single. William Contreras had a deep flyout, and Christian Yelich gets caught at second, stealing to end the inning. Uh, bottom of the eighth, Abner Uribe, where you brought up, this is a good bounce back for him. Gets a one, two, three eighth, and then William Adamas gets a flyout to the warning track in the ninth, part of a one, two, three inning. Um, I did mention Corbin Burns being better than he was in his previous start, and the baseball gods just, you know, it's baseball. I got to say about Adamus, he knew he smoked that baseball, but he also knew that it was going to get knocked down by the way. It wasn't going to be deep enough. Yeah. I believe that was the same thing. In the last, the last series the Brewers played in Chicago, Carlos Santana hit two deep fly balls to right center field. One of them was like 105 miles an hour off the bat, and it was caught two steps short of the warning track. Yeah, I mean, so you know that Contreras was 105. You know that Adamus killed one. You know that Tyrone Taylor almost hit one. How strong is Joey Weimer? Bro, his was mashed. If he waits back, like, literally, like, a tenth of a second. uh, Was there a runner on? I believe there was a runner on. Yeah, there was was a runner on. We we win that baseball game. Yeah. Because they're they're not going to get hard contact on a... a So what you're saying is Joey Weimer needs to add another flick? I don't know, dude, but he... A double flick? 
fucking killed that baseball, dude. I'll tell you that. He killed that baseball. Um, you want to know something that kind of hurts? Tyrone Taylor's flyout in the fifth inning is a home run in 28 out of 30 ballparks. You could literally say the same thing of probably about Contreras and Adamas, to be completely honest oh, with you. Yeah, that was, that's tough. That's a home run in 28 out of 30 ballparks, all of them except for Wrigley Field and Baltimore. Fuck and them then, both right now. <laughs> this is – I'm going to make fun of the Cubs now and after we talk about today's game. Cubs fans will cry – all season from second and third place about run differential and then beat their meat over a one nothing win. Right. You just, you won the game off of a run scoring ground out. And now all of a sudden it's, Ooh, yeah, we got a one nothing win. We rock. After you cried all season about run differential, but now you're excited about a one run win. They're literally taking on the mindset that we've been talking about. Like, literally beat us 10 to 0 in the first game and let us win the next two games. I am fine with that. You can have your fucking run differential. We're going to talk about it again. It's going to come are, back. Are, are Brewers fans happy right now with run differential? No. No, we're not. not dumb Chicago fans. Exactly. <laughs> well, the ones that should take offense are the ones that are like, hey, now, you know, they're probably the smart ones. What? Okay. The ones, the ones that would take offense to that would be the ones that didn't understand that wins matter more than run differential. Exactly. If you understand that, then you understand that my comment was extremely sarcastic and satirical. Agreed. Okay. So what's about you? Words, by the way, massive word you just. You like that? That was. Uh, wow, that was impressive. I'm a little dumbfounded right now. That was that was nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> baseball. I don't know. <laughs> so flabbergasted right now yeah man uh brandon woodruff i mean again we have the best top three in baseball right we're yeah. sort of redundant at this point but brandon woodruff right six innings pitch <laughs> two hits two earned runs one walk and eight k's he was mowing them down um gotta point this out this is, i'm a hair flow guy so mm. burns used to have the flow cut the flow off right and he became a monster after he cut the flow off. And Brandon Woodruff, you know, last year and stuff had had the short hair. And now he has the flow going, and he's going crazy. So they've got to just change places. But the thing that didn't change is they're both just really fucking good at baseball. So yeah. um, the changeup again was working really good for him. He actually threw mm-hmm. the curveball pretty decently. Damn it, I forgot to throw out a burn stat. Backtrack just for one second. I don't even change the thing. Okay. On Corbin Burns' curveball. People are hitting 100 this year. Literally like 0.100. I want to look that up is, what it is from before and after the All-Star break because it's been even better since the All-Star break. That is disgusting. So, Peguero comes into the game today and he allows zeros zeros across the board. Piamps, listen, man, here's the context of the situation. There was an error. He, he gave up a hit. Uh, he walked a guy, gave up a hit. He had 1K. The hit that he gave up was, like, literally the weakest thing of all time. Like, it, it was – it was oh, who the hell did he just do that against last Wednesday? Who the hell did we beat last Wednesday? Uh, Texas? No. It was right after that. Yeah, it was uh, – Minnesota. 
Minnesota when Bryce Terang hit the yeah. God, I was thinking Texas too, but I was like, no, we played him on the weekend. Um yeah, two game series, that's why it was hard to remember. Yeah. So when Bryce Terang hit that infield single, and that is exactly how twins fans felt last week, and that is how we feel today. It was like, God damn it, really one of those, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, credit like we did to Bryce Terang, give give credit. He hustled down the line and he made it a tough play and he was safe. And they don't ask how, they ask how many. So uh, credit to Bellinger, who, by the way, is having a very massive turnaround. And I'm happy for him as a person because I cannot, you know, even, you know, put into my mind what it's like to go from like an MVP, MVP candidate on one of the biggest market teams in baseball to, you know, where he was down there. And now for him to be able to come back and have a bounce back here, I mean, that's good for him. Um, I don't like that he's doing it for the Cubs because it allows their fans to talk stupid, but I hope he gets paid. Absolutely. And I hope he leaves Chicago. So um, in this one, Contreras and Canna both had RBIs. Canna's RBI came from a hit by pitch. Um, He took that like a man. Um, Like he does. Yep. 44 RBIs for Canna, 65 RBIs for Contreras. Uh, Contreras also got his second stolen base of the season. And Frelick improved to six for six on stolen bases. So uh, good for him. This one was a tough loss, but it's the thing about baseball. There's always tomorrow, right? You just move on to the next one because there's 162 of these things uh, off day tomorrow. And then we start a series at home, which we we are riding a five-game home winning streak. Obviously, that's the Twins and the Padres. So hopefully they can continue the home cooking and get some some big dubs. Obviously, Saturday's game is going to be pretty pretty crazy because we don't know who the starter is going to be. But it'll be interesting. We got Freddie on the mound on Friday, so I feel pretty good about that. Freddie Friday, mm-hmm. baby. Um, top of the first inning, Christian Yelich had a leadoff single. Uh, Santana drew a one-on walk, and that was it for the Brewers in that top of the first. Bottom of the first, a walk, hit by pitch, and a double. Put the Cubs on early. Still had second and third with nobody out. Woodruff followed by striking out Bellinger, getting Swanson to a sack fly, and then a fly out. The inning could have been a lot worse than 2-0. to zero. So Adrian Hauser similarly a few games prior. Um, having second and third with zero out and already a run in could have been a lot worse than only two runs in the inning. Top of the second, Rowdy Telez let off with a single, then the Brewers went one, two, three after that. Uh, bottom of the second, Woodruff had a one, two, three inning with a strikeout looking and a strikeout swinging. Uh, top of the third, Christian Yelich had a leadoff single that was then changed to a reach on error. He got the second base on it. Uh, William Contreras singled him in, made the game two to one, and then went one, two, three after that. Uh, bottom of the third, more traffic for the Cubs. A single and a hit by pitch gave the Cubs first and second with one out. Brandon Woodruff responds by getting Bellinger to pop out and Swanson to strike out, no runs in the third. So Burns and Woodruff playing with a lot of traffic the last couple of days and mm-hmm. not not getting squished and losing all their lives. If I'm going to go back to the Frogger reference. <laughs> um, Brewers went one, two, three in the top of the fourth. Um, Cubs went one, two, three in the bottom of the, of the bottom of the fourth. Uh, top of the fifth, Andre Monasterio hit a good rip, just a line drive that got caught. Um, it is what it is. It happens. It happened a lot. William Contreras drew a two-out walk, stole second base, and then Nico Horner saved the game-tying run on a ground ball by Carlos Santana. 
gave the Brewers first and third, and Sal Freelich struck out to end that inning. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Brandon Woodruff got a real quick one, two, three inning. Brewers at one, two, three in the top of the sixth. Cubs at one, two, three in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, top of the seventh, Kyle Hendricks comes out of the game, and it seems like every time the Brewers play him, he's either a Cy Young pitcher or the Brewers rock him. And today he yeah. was that Cy Young level. It's um, so annoying. No middle ground either. It's yeah. like if he like if he throws a good first inning, it's like shit. Yeah. Or the Brewers are up four to nothing before the Cubs bat. Like that's no middle ground with Kyle Hendricks. I tell you what, he has a really good changeup though. He does, and he's he changes the the levels with it. So like, yeah, the dude's been in the major league baseball for a long time, and it's not by accident. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Elvis Elvis Baguero came in. Andre Monastero made a really nice play at third base, and Rowdy Telez made a nice pick on the throw to get the leadoff runner. Uh, three ground outs by Elvis Baguero in only seven pitches. Hmm. Top of the eighth, Sal Freelich had a two-out single. He stole second base. Willie Adonis drew a walk. Rowdy Telez drew a walk. With the bases loaded. Mark Canna doing what he does, getting hit by pitches. People act like this shit doesn't matter. It literally scored a run for us. I just want to give credit to Adamus and Telez. Those were some fucking big boy at bats. True. I just, I can't, like, I, I literally see people say dumb shit, like, getting on base doesn't matter if you don't have someone to drive them in. You will get in scenarios where there won't be any open bases to put somebody who is ready to get on base. It happened today. Yeah, almost won us a baseball game today. It's almost like there's only three bases where you can put guys before you run out of places to put base runners. If yeah. you if you have guys that can get on base, they will get on base. There's not some miracle thing that makes some guy a good hitter only with runners on base, and there's things that make guys only good that getting on base when the bases are empty. That's not a thing. So, Mark Hannes hit by pitch, tied the game. Um... Made the game 2-2. Two to two. Bottom of the eighth, a leadoff reaching on error. It's the first base runner for the Cubs since the third inning. Uh, an uncharacteristic by Willie, error by Willie Adamas. It's it's very rare. We can give his fielding percentages next week if people want them, but errors are rare to come by with Willie Adamas. I mean, we um, could just find a highlight reel of plays he's made and just share that on the page, too. I mean, we could do that, too. Um, that was followed by a walk and a sacrifice bunt. Um then there's a grounder, so there was second and third, one out. A ground ball, Rowdy Telez catches, goes home, gets the lead runner. That was a big play. Um, yep. And then Cody Bellinger ropes a grounder off of Joel Piamps' ankle. Um, they sent him for x-rays. Craig Council did said he's okay. So that's the biggest takeaway is that Joel Piamps is okay because he is going to be needed in September. Uh, and October. So And October. Touche. Uh, that made the game three to two. He stayed in the game. Piamps did and struck out Dansby Swanson. So good work for him. Um, mm-hmm. Top of the ninth, Andrew Monasterio reached on a leadoff error. Christian Yelich unfortunately grounded into a double play. It was a hard hit, just right at the second baseman. And then yeah, the defensive um, positioning for the Cubs the last two days was crazy. That's what it is. And then uh, William Contreras drew a two out walk. And then Tyrone Taylor came in to pinch run for him. Takes off. Dansby Swanson comes to cover second base right as Rowdy Telez hits a ground ball to second base. Yeah, that that kind of sucked. We ran into an out, but like not the traditional way. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and it's 
like there's nothing wrong with any of that play. No. Because I don't have a problem with Tyrone Taylor trying to steal bases because he's fast. Right. I don't have a problem with Roddy Telez swinging at that pitch because without Swanson going to cover the base, that's going to be a single up the middle. I mean, imagine if Rowdy, you know, with him stealing, imagine if Rowdy hits it where Swanson was going to be. And then, you know, by some magic, it, it, it's hit so hard that it rolls to the wall. Tyrone Taylor already with momentum is probably scoring on well, that. He's definitely game. scoring. There's not even a problem. If so, that ball gets in the gap, he's definitely scoring. So with him going already, I mean, I respect counsel for trying to make a move and sometimes you get burned by it, but it is what it is, man. It's baseball. Like it. It's yeah. really like the, the whole combination, the amount of bounces that the Cubs had to get to win this game by one run, like I'm not concerned about. It. I agree. Um, like I'm not mad about this loss. I'm not concerned about it. Like it feels it feels like a lucky win for the Cubs. Yep. And, and I'm not saying like to take anything away from them because like the Brewers have had lucky wins too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it just felt like a lucky win for the Cubs. Like I'm not to take anything away from them, but it's just one where I don't feel like it holds a lot of weight for, for the Brewers having done something wrong. I agree. Um, the other thing that I want to say with the three runners that scored for the Cubs were a walk, a hit by pitch and a reach on error. Fuck. I know. And here's the thing. Back to the run differential. The Brewers scored more runs in this series. Lost two of three games. So if you are a Cubs fan and you think run differential matters more than wins, you lost this series. Yeah. Do you hear how dumb that sounds? Pretty pretty goddamn dumb. It sounds really dumb. Yep. Which is what we've been saying literally the entire season. It's all right. We're gonna we're gonna sweep the little two game series that we have to end the season. The Brewers have a positive run differential now, anyways. So yeah, that our own fan base can go away with that too. Oh, the Brewers ain't gonna win anything. You know, positive run differential. Nineteen eighty seven Twins won a World Series with negative run differential, but you know, can't ever happen again. <laughs> okay, so the Brewers have three games against Philadelphia. They are off tomorrow, so it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday versus Philadelphia, and then they have three games at Pittsburgh. Um. I'm going to call for a four and two week. It's it's really just if the Brewers play, they have, I think, 29 games left. Mm-hmm. If they go 15 and 14 and the Cubs like go like 20 and 10, the Brewers still win the division. It's something like that. But the Brewers play a lot of games, like you mentioned last week, against teams under 500. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really just looking for the Brewers. Like, it's not even that they have to stay afloat. They just really just need to keep doing what they've been doing over the last two weeks. So we're taking three in Pittsburgh. That's my prediction. And because we're playing so well at home, I'm going to say we are going to take two of those. So I'm going to say five and one. I like it. I'm going I'm to say two and one in each series. Like I'm really just looking for the Brewers to just keep winning series. Um, yeah. That Saturday, that starting pitcher for Saturday's game will be interesting. Uh, we mm-hmm. will definitely keep an eye on that as well. Um, That'll be the game. <laughs> watch, watch. So we'll win. The, we'll win close Friday, right? The Saturday game will be the game where we don't know the starting pitcher. It's going to be like a, like a random guy that neither of us named. Bullpen day, basically. And the offense is going to score 12 runs. Watch yeah, this. That's, yeah, that's what it'll be. <laughs> uh, Tim said he agrees with 5-1. and one. Hey, we go 5-1, and one, dude. 
we're going to be sitting real pretty by next Wednesday. I'll yes. say that. What were you saying oh. before the show? What were you saying before the show on the wins? Oh, they don't ask how, how, how. They ask how many. No, 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 no. Totals, totals. What did I say? I don't remember. I said it last night. Talk about how many games we won last year and where we're sitting this year. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So we're, what are we, nine games away from matching? Oh, no, we're 12 wins away from matching our win total from all of last season. We went 12 more games. We match our win total already. And we have like 30 games left. I think we're going to win 12 games. The Brewers will probably end with like 90. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, I predicted 94 and you predicted 93. Or I predicted 93, you predicted 92. Either way, I was one game ahead of you. And to be honest with you, I think you're going to win 92 to 94 games. I agree with that. Um, let me see. There's the Bucks draft. If you, said, if you said 92, I said 93. Um, let's see. That's from December. I'm trying to find my notes. I didn't write yours down, so I know that I won't have that. No, I know I'm one ahead of you. I remember that. Like, okay. Um, and I don't remember if you said 92 or 93. I think you I said 92. Close to my, my I'm going to yeah, find him. You, oh, you said 92 and 70. Days, so I got to be a little bit ahead. Oh, oh, he's almost there. Uh, I just found my opening day notes, so I got to be close to my Brewers primary notes here somewhere. <laughs> well, either way, let's let's go over these these pictures. There it is, Brewers primer twenty twenty three. My record prediction eighty eight and seventy four. The Brewers oh, and Cardinals said, finish within three games of each other. Cardinal or Cubs five and six, five to six games behind, hovering around five hundred. Oh no, I definitely I well I was wrong then. That must have been last year. I was thinking of because I definitely said like ninety two or ninety three wins. I'll yeah. have to. I'll have to get my notebook. So with my, my notebook with my thing of the Brewers, and I said with Cardinals finishing within three games of each other, I think I had the Brewers between eighty-eight and ninety-one. Okay, what I was that thinking. might that might be what it is then. But yeah, dude, the Brewers' schedule to like end this season is just like it's cake, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and the Marlins are they're kind of reeling, so that's a series yeah. that you and I are going to be at one of those games where the Brewers will have an opportunity against a team that has looked good but hasn't looked good lately. Yeah, so Phillies, Pirates, at Yankees, who, like, don't score, and then we're going to bring our pitching in there. So, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then we got a, a four-gamer against the Marlins, and like you said, we're going to be at uh, the game Monday. on Monday, 9-11. So uh, hopefully we'll see a dub there. And then we play Washington, Cardinals, Marlins, Cardinals. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. All right, I'm with it. You got anything else? Uh, next week's show is going to be jam-packed, baby. We're going to have Badgers football and yes. Milwaukee Brewers. Let's go. Yes, and we have a show this Friday night. Uh, we haven't put it out any of our socials, but we are going to have Dusty Evilly on with us on Friday night, so we're definitely going to have some great Packers discussion coming this Friday. And also starting this Friday, we got no Fridays off. No Fridays oh, off, baby. This week, you will have twice a week Wisco Fanatic shows through football season. So it's here. It's football time now, too. Man, I am just 
And I, you know what? This week has felt so good weather-wise. You know, at work, it's been so nice. You know, it's been nice and chill. I actually got a little cold last night with the window cracked. But then it goes back to some bullshit next week. I mean, starting on Friday. But God damn, man, I'm just so sick of that weather. I'm so excited to just watch grown men run into each other and then talk shit about it afterwards. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. All right. Hands down. I will see you Friday night then. All right, buddy. Have a good night. See you Friday. Talk to you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.